everybody. Welcome to the Spiritual Cake Podcast. We talk about anything and everything that has to do with that spiritual side of humanity. We're familiar with the intellectual and the physical and the emotional, but the spiritual is that next thing, whatever that thing is. And we've been having great conversations for all of the episodes of the podcast. My name is Clint Hufton. With me is Wendy Dahl. Wendy? Hi, Clint. Hello, Wendy. We have a very special guest today. I'm very excited. All the way from Portland, Oregon, Rabbi Brian Zachary Meyer. Okay, so obviously, Rabbi Brian, it's self-explanatory, but I want you to explain kind of your journey, because I met you when you were living in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and so that now you live in Portland. So if you don't mind, yo, by the way, your website, rotb.org, R as in Robert, O, T as in Tom, B as in boy, dot org. And I'm going to let you explain what that stands for and what you have going on. Yeah, so ROTB, it's R as in religion, O as in outside, T as in the, B as in box. So it's religion outside the box. The idea of it is that the box isn't working. And there's a, there's a lot of people for whom one size fits most religiality works. And then there's a lot of other people who uh, that doesn't work for. And that's where I come in and I try to help people. Uh, try to empower people in their re- spiritual, religious lives. And I love what you said, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, and that spells out pies, if you don't know. Um, and the spiritual, that's what that's what I do, is I, I talk with people about the spiritual and help them break down and make some sense out of that. And if may, may I just, just jump right in and give five definitions of what the spiritual is? Rock on. All right, so spiritual is marked by a hierarchy of values. Sometimes people think that to be spiritual means not to to have judgment, but that's far from the truth. To be spiritual means that you know that, for example, love is more important than ice cream preferences, you know, that, that we have a hierarchy of values in the spiritual life. Spiritual life is also marked by a transformation. That's not about transforming the world. It's about transforming ourselves. Spiritual life is marked by it's not only about me, right? That that one's pretty self-explanatory. Spiritual life is also about questions being more important than statements. That's a that's an important one. Of not I like that a lot. Isn't that a good one? Me that's too. A, Voltaire, he said, dubium incomodo est certum ridiculum est. Doubt is uncomfortable, but certainty, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and then the fifth element of a spiritual life, infinite, that there's something about the infinite. There's some connection to something larger than ourselves in a spiritual life. I've interviewed Uh, a lot of people, Brian and uh, Rabbi Brian, and you are the first person to quote Voltaire. So that's pretty impressive. And I did it in Latin just to be cool. (laughs) Cooler. (laughs) Cooler. That's what we did. Yeah. And then let me also say the five definitions that I gave, those are not mine. That's my gloss on Eric Fromm. Okay. Yeah. But I still like it a lot. Good stuff. Yeah. You know, when I went to your website, you state right up front that you went to rabbinical school, but you didn't believe in God. So Yeah, so that's different in Judaism than in other religions. Judaism has more in common, I think, with Buddhism and uh, some Eastern things than uh, Christianity. Christianity seems to be pretty dogmatic. If you don't believe in God, you're out of the club. Judaism, we don't care. That's cool. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah. Judaism, there's long, I, I taught a class once called God is Dead and I Don't Feel Too Good Myself. You, you, you don't need to have an overarching idea of a deity 
uh, for Judaism to work. That's going on the T-shirt, that right there. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so explain this then. Why even bother going to rabbinical school? What's the deal? Well, I did it to get the babes. Yeah. <laughs> did that work? Yeah. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> Why go to rabbinical school? Well, I, I didn't know anything about my, my religion, really, and I figured, worst case scenario, I'd drop out. And people would say, hey, is it true you once thought you'd be a rabbi? But I didn't I didn't wind up dropping out until after I was ordained and worked as a regular uh, brick-and-mortar rabbi for a number of years. I think that's back when I met you, Clint, was I had just dropped out and trying to figure out uh, what I'm doing. And that's what led to this religion outside the box. Now, explain to me a little bit about the structure of religion outside the box, because I know that you started like a newsletter. I started a blog and the blog grew and I sent a newsletter to a few thousand people, 40 out of 52 Mondays a year. I call it the 77% weekly because that's 40 out of 52. I take the last week off from writing a newsletter. I do that. And then every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, I run a service on Zoom, and it's completely liturgy-free, Hebrew-free, dogma-free, and it's a, just a different way of looking at religion, because it's, because why not? Well, most people think that religion would be connected to some sort of theology, so yeah, no. explain, explain so how you religion, approach it. Religion at its best ought not shackle or limit people in their coming to figure out what this reality is about. Religion should be the thing that helps to set them free, that helps to lighten their load. You don't need a G-O-D word for that to happen. Wendy, what do you think of that? Well, that is a very good question. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wendy. You mean the question of what do you think about that? Well, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways to answer that. Let let me babble on for a second while you compose. Okay, good. Thank you. Because um, <laughs> I'm like, well, then. <laughs> I have a lot of people. So in my Saturday service, I have a small group, and we meet to talk about what went well, what didn't go well. And my group right now, they said to me, you know, we're having a hard time because we want to talk about the, the that G-O-D word, and uh, we find it odd that you're not talking about it. So this Saturday, we're going to have a special a uh, little discussion about why I'm not using, and, and the reason I'm not using the G-O-D word is I find that just saying the phrase higher power or God can really throw people, some people off. And it's not about, it can't be about the word. It's got to be about something larger than that. And words are, of course, limited, but it's the only way we have to communicate. So what I'm hearing you say is, no, you know what? I shouldn't even do that because now the, it, this is fascinating. This conversation is awesome. Because I start to tell you what I think you just said, but then I realize I'm not really sure. And so that means that I need to ask you a couple of questions. So for instance, when you talk about helping people, it sounds to me like you're talking about helping people feel better about their life. Is that a good assessment? Yeah. You remember the beginning of um, Let's Go Crazy by Prince? He says, dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Right. That's my job. My job is to help guide people to that thing called life, but not by and what to believe, but by helping them figure out what makes sense to them. Well, I've said to Wendy on this podcast, I've said that most organized religions are really about dealing with this life. I mean, yeah. they'll they'll hold out the carrot at the end of the stick of the afterlife, but really it's about this life 
behaviors and and attitudes and things like that. Am I close to what you're talking about? Yeah, of course. It's got to be. I do one life at a time. I'll worry about the next one later. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe that's part of your. Do you call it a ministry or a service or how would you describe what you do, what you offer? As I'm a rabbi, I call it my rabbinate, but I also call it a ministry because it means the same thing. And so it sounds to me like the way you said one life at a time, that's kind of how you approach the people that are interested in what you have to share is one life at a time. Does it feel like that? The now, the eternal now. And and that's all I, I, I'll, my best shot is at trying to help wake people up to be, you know, the Ram Das, be here now to be in the present moment. Boy, you're throwing out references left and right that are really hitting home with me. How did you arrive at this place in terms of your personal attitudes, beliefs, or whatever you want to call it? Who are uh, your influences? George Carlin. Listening to him as a child, I had comedy cassettes of his. That really influenced me to think uh, differently and to, to think openly. And, and really, his his whole treatise about words and that words are just sounds, and we're we're getting a little too tied up on it. I wasn't expecting myself to say George Carlin as a major influence, but... Uh, uh, that's what came to mind. I get it. I really get it. I've said before that words are just the tools that we have that are just symbols of, of what we're trying to communicate, whether it be a thing or a concept or whatever. And I love that you identify George Carlin as an influence. Who else? Let me add in a, another thought of Alan Watts. Not, not uh -huh. so many people know of him. He was in the late 60s. He was a guru, but he was the anti-guru guru. And he said something that really rocked my boat. He he fashioned himself. He was an Anglican priest before he became what he was. And he said, I consider myself to be more of a physician than a clergy person. Where a physician's job is to help people heal themselves so that they go away. Whereas a clergy person's job is to get more adherence to help pay for the boiler. Right. He was from England, correct? You said yeah, Anglican. Yeah. I've seen some of his books. I've read some of his books, and it felt like he was gravitating towards a Buddhist philosophy. But maybe I misinterpreted. Was it he, something he like that? He taught a lot of a lot of what the West got about the East. He he was a major influencer, and he brought a lot of the ideas over to us. Mm -hmm. Boy, it's fascinating. Alan Watson, George Carlin. There you go, Wendy. How are you doing there? I, I feel like I, I I bumped you off. No, no, it's actually great because I think about what you're saying and how you use the term open. And I think that that is critical to spirituality right now because everybody's starting to really question. And I don't know if this has always been around. I mean, obviously it's, it's in my awareness now, but I remember younger, I was, I just kind of followed everything. And I just said, oh yeah, this is the religion I belong to. I believe it all. I'm just going to follow this. But I think that because of my job as a wedding planner, that I've, my mind has been opened to so many more things. And that I'm now seeing that people are starting to go through their own like personal discovery when yeah. it comes to spirituality. And I love that you've embraced that because I, I, I believe that you're spot on where there's the people that have been part of structural religions for the most part of their lives that are starting to ask the question, is this all there is? Right. And, and, and so, and you're answering that. There, there, that spurs me on, Wendy. Thank you. There, there's this great thing by Fowler 
uh, I can't remember his first name, but Fowler came up with the faith stages that people tend to have certain stages of faith development, the same way that there's moral development and physical development, there's a faith development. And people start out with this idea of, of, of magic in the world and, and this idea, as you're saying, of and he called it dependence, where you just believe what it is you're told because that's what you're told and it makes sense. And then usually there, there are three others after that. After dependence comes independence, where, and that's often where people go, well, religion's all just bull****. This is stupid. And then after that comes my favorite, which is called paradoxicality. And paradoxicality is the ability to hold opposite views of religion or opposite views of anything at the same time and say the Bible's not the word of God and the Bible is the word of God and that you can have both in your head at the same time. And that, that's most of where when, when I, people find me, they tend to be in this independent stage but know that there's more. Uh, and they they know there's got like there's some goodness in religion and spirituality they just can't figure out what it is and this idea of being able to hold on to a both and mentality seems to really help. You said there was a fourth one. Oh, and then after there there's after I'm I'm really summarizing this hard. Um, then he has another one called unity, and unity is that feeling, and I have it from time to time. You have it from time to time where you feel connected to everything. And what I, I changed Fowler, Fowler put unity at the top of the line or at the bottom of the line, depending. I put it in a circle and say that unity starts to feel again like magic and like things are just happening for the reason they're supposed to be happening. It does seem that we're in a circle of those different stages. Yes, and in, I, in different ones at different, at, at the different days, I'm in different amounts of each of them. Right, exactly. And I can see where they feed each other. And it isn't necessarily in that sequence. It can be, you know, across the circle or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said you can hold two concepts at the same time. I've believed in that for a long, long time, mostly just through observation of myself and what I see other people doing. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And who is it again that that did that? uh, James, I remember it now. James Fowler. Uh, came up with the there there are different lists of the stages of faith beliefs um i i adapted mine off of fowler's when people gravitate to you because your message is so unique what pops up more often than not in terms of when you when they come to you what is it they're seeking or what do they say to you i think that they're looking for me to be oz pulling back the curtain they're coming wanting something knowing that not knowing that the idea that this is all crap doesn't work they they're still seeking something but they want to be they want to be given it honestly and that that's my that's really what I can help them and is to be the most honest of a clergy person as I possibly can and they that that's what they're gravitating towards man i really like that so just correct me if i'm wrong but most atheists think that you live and you die and that's that is that the way you feel? Um, well, I used to believe in reincarnation in a past life, but I don't anymore. Okay. That was a joke. That was a joke because <laughs> – no, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really going I, – I, I have no I – wouldn't, I wouldn't classify myself as an atheist, but I wouldn't classify myself as a theist either. So your question kind of threw me off, so I went with the goofy, silly answer. Uh, so maybe retry the question, and I'll retry the answer. I almost feel like one of those uh, Buddhist masters that give you a cone that doesn't make any sense and it's supposed to trigger your thought process. 
I just stumbled into yeah. that. Okay, that so was fun. Let me give you a Buddhist one on this is I think, and I just, there's a new thought to me is that there's this Zen notion that Zen is like soap that first you wash with it, then you wash it off. And I think I, I, I'm playing with this, but I think Judaism, Christianity, and, and and religions are kind of the same way. That you can first use them to get clean, but then you got to wash them off and not get too attached to the one. I like that a lot. I really like that. We've talked at length on this podcast about the original intent of every single organized religion is pure and beautiful. It's just yeah. that people get in the way. Right. There's that bumper sticker. God, I love you. Please keep me away from your followers. <laughs> I've never seen that bumper sticker, but uh, that well, would go on the we'll... t-shirt as well. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost out of time because I know you have other commitments. Brian, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Go to ROTB.org, sign up for the newsletter. You'll find me through that. There's a contact page there also. Or um, I just did, uh, can I plug a different podcast? Yeah, do it. I just put a podcast in called Chats with Larry. And my best buddy is a retired Disciples of Christ minister. He's 82 years old. And I, without him knowing it, surreptitiously started recording our phone calls. And it's a long format podcast, but it, it, they're deep and kind of fun. Did you tell him that you're doing it? I did before I published. It. <laughs> that yeah, was my that, question. Yeah, a little legality there. Yeah, Remember? no, he he, and that's the big reveal at the end of season one is you get to hear him when <laughs> when I tell him, "Hey, Larry, remember we talked about this a long time ago?" Well, I did record everything we've been saying. It's very dear. That reminds me, my next door neighbor is an Orthodox Jew, and I said to him, "You know, we should have a podcast." He says, "A podcast?" What I said, then I can ask you questions because I was raised Christian, and and I'm just curious about you know everything. And I mean, he really is intensely observant, Rabbi. So we started the podcast. We've done about I don't know, twenty episodes. It's called The Jew Next Door, nice. and and I think you would get a kick out of that as well. Well, all right then, Wendy. Tell people how they can get in touch with us. You can find us at spiritualcake.com where you can join in the conversation and comment on any one of our previous episodes or send us an email requesting a new topic to be discovered or discussed. Or you can click on one of our social media icons and join us on Facebook or Instagram. You know, Rabbi Brian, you are awesome. And if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you back for round two. Wendy, what do you think of that? I would love that because I feel like we just scratched the surface. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Do, do I get cake? Somebody said something about cake. Oh, no. It is spiritual cake. cake, And as far as I'm concerned, you've already got it. I got it. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to have some frosting. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's it for this episode of the Spiritual Cake Podcast. This is Clinton on behalf of Wendy and Rabbi Brian. We will see you next time. (laughs) 